Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. Hey, good morning, church. Um, I want to again, continuing to ring the bell, bringing attention to uh, the, the s- things that are going on between Israel and Hamas. Uh, we can, should continue to pray, not let this grow cold in our hearts, not let it grow uh, common in our hearts, but we should stay vigilant in prayer. And uh, let's pray that there's no more innocent lives lost on either side of the border, praise God. Uh, pray for Israel's protection. Pray for the eradication of Hamas. Uh, last y- Yesterday, we talked in our, in our uh, teaching about relationships, about evil people, and you give no room for evil people. You give them nothing, right, men? And, and Hamas is wicked and evil, and they need to be eradicated, and they need to be taken out of authority. Um, why? Why? Why should Israel be where it is? Why do they have any right to be where they, where they are? Because of the Abrahamic covenant going back 4,000 years ago, where God made covenant with Abraham. And it was a covenant that had to do with the land. It had to do with the lineage. And it had to do that in that land and through that lineage, the Lord would come. And so the nation of Israel politically may not be doing everything right. And they may be kind of secular. But those, they, those people still have a covenant with the Lord, and there's still prophecy to be fulfilled that they will turn their eyes toward Jesus. Amen? So we're going to pray for their safety. We're going to pray for their salvation. And um, we're going to pray also against the anti-Semitic and anti-Christ spirit that is not only raising its head up in the Middle East, but all around the world and including in this nation. And, and pray for Jesus to come. And I just ask you right now, let's just pray. Let's just take a moment right now to pray for Israel. Heavenly Father, we pray in this very pivotal moment, God, in history. We ask you to help us, the church, not just Seeds Church, but the church globally, God. Help us to love and pray for the Jewish people, Lord God. Help us to play any part that you have for us in seeing them receive the love and the gift that you, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the the, the gift that you gave when you sent your son Jesus to not just be our Savior, but to be their Savior too. Lord, may it be in our generation that we see a revival of unprecedented proportion, God, among the Jewish people. God, even in this dark hour when there's protests and there's haters and there's anti-Semitism and it's pouring out like water all over the globe, Lord God. May it be that a mature church that is full of the power of the Holy Spirit, that is full of the word of God in, in our hearts, Lord God, that with our eyes focused on our returning king and with our prayer like oil in our lamps, Lord God, may we stand to defend and stand to love and protect the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And Lord, may it be that in one moment, the hardening of their hearts and the blinders on their eyes be removed and be pulled off. And Lord, may we be able to see them look up into the heavens and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. 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 
Stand with me today, if you will, please. We're going to honor the Word of God and read it aloud together. If you've got your Bibles, you can open up to Romans chapter 14. We're going to read verses 11 and 12. If you don't have your Bible with you, you can read it there on the screen. I am inviting you to read it aloud with me today. Verse 11. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray again. Lord, I just pray that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us today. God, that we would respond to it with faith and boldness and obedience and courage Lord God, that you've called us here in this church and in the church around the world not to cower in this moment, but to lead with boldness and courage. Lord God, we want to leave a mark on this world for the glory of your name, Jesus Christ, that will last beyond our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. If you've been at Seeds Church for any period of time, You know what our mission is here. Our mission is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what he's called them to do. We're helping people discover God created you with the potential, with seed potential in your life. It's one of the reasons that this church is named Seeds Church. We believe that every person that God has created is created with some kind of seed potential, and you need to discover what kind of seed you are. And then within the context of the Word of God, within the context of prayer and Christian community, we are on a journey of cultivating our lives to grow and mature to then bear the fruit that God always intended for that seed to bear. That's what it means to be equipped to do what he called us to do. It's, it's about bearing fruit. It, what you know, Jesus came across a fig tree and it wasn't bearing fruit. It wasn't bearing any fruit. wasn't bearing any figs. What did he do to it? He cursed it. Let us not be, you know, a, a fig tree that's not producing figs. Or if you're an apple tree, you better produce apples. Or if you're an orange tree, produce this orange. Whatever it is, whatever kind of seed potential God put in your life, God created you for a purpose and on purpose, right? And so it's, it's incredibly important, it's critically important to discover your purpose so that you can make a difference for your life, a difference with your life, the difference that God always intended for you to make from the moment that he thought of you. Your life should count for something. Every single one of us has the potential to make a difference for the kingdom of God that counts for eternity. Etern- eternity, guys, forever and ever. Everything that God has, everything that he does, he has a purpose for it. So if he created you, he created you with purpose. You're not here by accident. The truth is, is that you will never truly be fulfilled in your life and your life will truly never really make sense until you know that your life matters and how it fits in, within the context of the kingdom of God. I like what David said in Psalm chapter 112. He said, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. 
who conduct their affairs with, judge, with, with justice. Listen, life is not just about what it is that you can get. It's not about hoarding. It's not about what can I accumulate? What kind of kingdom can I build for myself? David says, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. I want to live my life in such a way that it makes a difference in someone else's life. And look at this next phrase he says. He says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. Now notice that David didn't say, surely there will never be any shaking. There will be shaking. Shaking is inevitable. Why? Because we have a spiritual enemy who hates God and he hates the people of God. Not every single human being is following Jesus. Not every single human being on the planet is walking in their identity as a child of God. But every single one of us is a creation of God. Every single one of us was, is created in the image and likeness of God. And so even if those who aren't following Jesus, our spiritual enemy hates them too. He hates every human being. And, and there will be shaking because of that. And there will also be shaking because the moment that sin entered into this earth, this earth has been in the state of decay. And there will be shaking in this earth because every single one of us have been given this gift of a free will. And the decisions that we make, there are consequences, positive and negative. Not just for, my, not just for me, but the decisions that I make, are, there's consequences for other people around me. So there will be shaking. You can't always stop the shaking. Some of it you can, <laughs> because you can make better choices. But you can't prevent all the shaking from happen, happening because, again, we have an enemy. We live in a world that's in the state of decay. And other people's decisions, they can affect you. But what David is saying here is that in the midst of the shaking, right in the middle of it, the righteous will not be shaken. The earth might be quaking all around, but I'm standing on Christ, the solid rock. I should get a better amen than that. Some of you are wondering. I promise you. <laughs> Here's what's interesting about this. Is that if you don't define your life, if you don't define what it's going to be about with your God-given purpose, the shaking around you will define your life. Your problems will define you. Your problems will shape you and direct your life. Listen, this morning, last couple of days, Jamie's not been feeling well. Even this morning, she got up. She's like, I feel terrible. She's like, but I, I, I can't not go to church. I said, well, babe, if you're really feeling that terrible, you can. You have permission to stay home and rest. She's like, well, no, I don't have a fever. I'm not throwing up. I'm going to power through it. She, what is she doing? She's experiencing some shaking in her body. But she's saying, you know what? I might be experiencing some shaking in my health right now, but I'm going to power through it. I'm going to not be shaken. You know, we didn't plant this church because we just thought it was going to be easy and that there weren't going to be any problems with it. We didn't plant this church because we just thought, you know what? This is a great strategy so that one day we can buy a private island and retire early. 
our board members are really laughing because they know what it, I get paid. But anyway, um, <laughs> but that, it's all good. God, the Lord takes care of us. Here's the deal, though. I, we're here today. We planted this church. We're here today. We're pastoring. We're showing up day after day after day, not because uh, this is easy and there's never any shaking. No, it's because we know our purpose. That's why Jamie showed up today. And the Lord used her to lead worship today and spoke some things, hopefully, to some of us in the room that the Holy Spirit ministered to us because she knows her purpose. And this isn't exclusive to, to, to her and I. This is, this is applicable to all of us in this room. Know your purpose. Whatever my current circumstances might be, no matter how favorable or unfavorable, no matter how easy or how difficult they are, no matter the no shaking or the shaking, it's not going to keep me from my purpose. Amen? These are, these are some truths that we need to have solidified in our hearts today. Maybe you're going through some shaking today, and you need to decide in your heart, I'm going to endure this. At the end of the day, I'm going to still be remaining standing because I know my purpose. Maybe you're, maybe you're questioning your purpose. Maybe you don't know that. Listen. The, the greatest purpose that all of us have is to know God and to enjoy him forever. So if you have questions about a lot of other things right now, and if that's the only thing that you can come back to, let that be an anchor in your life. That God created you to know him and to enjoy him forever. For some of us, we know a little bit more beyond that. For some of us, we don't, but we can go on a journey together. We can discover our purpose together. I think about all of the accounts through Scripture of people who had experienced some pretty hardcore shaking, but they decided that they were not going to be shaken, that they were going to have their miracle. They were going to see a breakthrough. They were going to remain standing in the face of difficulty, in the face of of unfavorable circumstances, in the face of an enemy, in the face of chaos. And because of tenacious faith, and because of obedience, and because of commitment to the Lord, they were not shaken. And the Lord saved them. Think about Daniel, thrown into the lion's den. I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, thrown into the fire, fiery furnace. I think about the woman with the issue of blood, who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She said, if I could just reach the hem of Jesus' garment. I think about the Syrophoenician woman who had the demon-possessed daughter. We could go on and on and on. The list is inexhaustible. But these are people of faith. People who there was shaking going on, but they said, I will not be shaken. Sometimes we hit roadblocks in life. Not just the people in Scripture, you and I. Sometimes people give up. You just quit. And if that's you today, I want to encourage you to don't stay in the quitting position. I want to encourage you to get back up and run again. Because quitters never see victory. Quitters never see the finish line. But you may stumble, you may fall, but get back up. Get back up. It's time for the people of God 
to be finishers, not quitters. It's time for the people of God to live for purpose. Did you know that if you aim for nothing, you will hit it every time? Let that not be said of us. Let that not be said of Seeds Church. Let that not be said of the people of God. Well, they just aimed at nothing. Well, they hit that every time. No. Man, if, you, if you're experiencing some shaking, I want to encourage you today. The Holy Spirit is with you. Your brothers and sisters in Christ are with you. Let's link arms. Let's believe the word of God that says <laughs> to do not grow weary in doing well for in due season you will reap a harvest of blessing. Amen? If you're just wandering through life aimlessly without purpose, then your problems will define your life. But what did David say? He said, the righteous will never be shaken. And then, let's put that verse back up there, if you can, please. It says this. He says, they will be remembered forever. What's David saying here? He says, live in such a way that your life lives on. He's saying, leave a legacy. What does it mean to leave a legacy? Well, legacy is about making a difference that outlives you. Making a difference that goes beyond you. Living in such a way that your life lives on. Legacy is making a difference that has a ripple effect that goes on and on and on and on. Hopefully even after we're gone. I'll tell you this. If it wasn't for my great-grandparents saying yes to Jesus in the early 20th century, then it's very likely that none of us would be here today gathered here. But because my great-grandparents said yes to Jesus and they raised their children to love and serve Jesus, my grandparents said yes to Jesus. And my parents said yes to Jesus. And Jamie and I have raised our three children and are continuing to raise them to say yes to Jesus and one of the yeses we said to Jesus was to plant this church. And now you're here today, and you're saying yes to Jesus. That's legacy. That's making a difference that outlives you. Because generations before have said yes to Jesus, you're sitting here today. Before, because generations before said yes to Jesus, praise God, I'm enjoying the blessing of God in my life today. I'm overcoming today. And I acknowledge that, yes, it's the power of God at work, but it's also those who have been forerunners and who have gone before me. The great cloud of witnesses is what Hebrews 11 calls it. And, yes, Hebrews 11 is, is the, the, the faith hall of fame. But, you know, it, there's, a, there's a starting and ending to that. But there are other saints, praise God, that who were forerunners for us all throughout church history and even in your family. And maybe for some of you, you're a first-generation believer. And guess what? You get to be the forerunner for the generations that are coming behind you. How exciting. I, I know that there are those of us that we, not all of us have the same story that I have. Not everybody has the same kind of family heritage that I've been blessed with. Blessed with. But again, if you're born again, you're grafted into the house of David. 
If you're born again, you're part now of the tribe of the line of, of Judah. Your home is now the house of God. And you are changing the trajectory of your family. And you are, are redirecting your family tree. I know many of you, your stories. And that's exactly what's happening for some of your lives. You're leaving an eternal legacy for your family. You're making a difference that outlives you. Come on, somebody, that should make you happy. Glory to God. So how do you do this? How do you leave a legacy? How do you make a difference that outlives you? Well, David gave us part of the answer there in Psalm 112. He says you do it by living and giving to something that outlives you. That's all about what we're, we're, we're all about that around here at Seeds Church. Right? What does a seed do? Well, you take it and you plant it in the ground. And it sprouts and it grows and it bears fruit. And what is inside that fruit? More seeds. That's legacy. You are a treasure chest. Inside of you, there is wealth. And it's not for you to hoard. It's not for you to just accumulate. It's for you to share with others. You share your time. You share your talents. You share your treasure. God hasn't blessed you just for you to be a consumer. He's blessed you to be a conduit of that blessing and to make a difference that outlives you for the glory of Jesus Christ. The goal isn't to live on earth here for forever. Can't be done. But the goal is to leave an impact that does. Jamie talked about this uh, a few months ago about we are building our own Statue of Liberty here at Seeds Church. That gift from France and the men that assembled it there in the New York Harbor. And they are long gone. The architect and the engineers and the workers have come and they're gone and they're no longer here. But that Statue of Liberty still stands and it shines brightly for those who are immigrants here to this nation that this is a land of liberty. We're doing the same thing here at Seeds Church. We are building our own Statue of Liberty. Miss Amber talked about it uh, last week too. She, she referenced back to it here. This is an important work that we're doing here in this church that will last on beyond generations well after we're gone. You're a treasure chest. It's time to be not a hoarder, but a conduit of the blessing that God has given to us and leave an impact here on earth that outlasts us. If you can get this truth on the inside of you of living and giving to something that's bigger than you, if you can graft this into just your DNA, it will settle a lot of issues for you in life. Now, I'm not saying all of your problems will disappear, but you now have something bigger in your life to live for than your problems. You have something more important in your life than adversity and problems and negative circumstances. Some of us, we get tripped up with our problems, and I'm not trying to minimize these things. Some of them are very serious, and they're very real. Problems in our family, problems in our finances, problems in our health, problems in our business, problems in our relationships. 
These are big things. But the secret to living an overcoming life and leaving a legacy is having something bigger in your life than those problems. Don't let your life be defined by these problems, but make a difference that outlives you. You know, there's two parts to eternity. There's the part here on earth, and there's the part here after we leave this earth. And some people think that eternity starts after this life is over and the next one begins. But the truth is, is that you are living in eternity right now. You're just on this side of heaven. You're just on this side of it. So you can choose, am I going to live for what's temporal or am I going to live for what's eternal? Am I only going to make deposits and investments into this life that's just very brief? 80 years. Or if you're like Gigi over here, 93 years. Praise God. (laughs) Are you going to live and just make investments for this short amount of time? that we're here on earth, are you going to make a difference that lasts for forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever? Listen, just a few minutes ago, Paul told us that each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. We just read that just a second ago in Romans 14, 12. Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. There will be a day where you stand before God and he will ask you a couple of questions. The first question is this. What did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? Hopefully, you will answer, I knew him personally. I confessed with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believed in my heart that Christ was raised from the dead, that God raised him from the dead. I decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. My life is not my own any longer. It belongs to him. Hopefully your answer will sound something like that. Or you will stand before the Lord someday and he's gonna say, what did you do with my son Jesus? And you're gonna sing Sinatra. I did it my way. Have you been to a funeral where they played that song before? It's heartbreaking to me. It's heartbreaking to me when I, when I go and there's a celebration of someone's life and it's all about, I did it my way. I want to do it God's way. Doing it my way is so small. Doing it my way feels so big in the moment, but in eternity, it's so insignificant. I don't want to do it my way. I want to live for Jesus and his kingdom, and I want those fires to burn hot and bright in my life, and I want to with every relationship and every amount of influence that I have, touch others around me, and hopefully they will catch the fire on the inside of them for Jesus. For eternity, making a difference for eternity. Who cares about my way? Those of us that do answer, I follow Jesus, there's another question that's gonna be asked of us. And that question is this. What did you do with what I gave you? 
What did you do with what I gave you? If you can, we don't have the scripture on the screen. Turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians is right after First Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter five, it's on page 1029. And verse 10 says, "For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad." So there are going to be rewards. There's going to be rewards. When I read this passage, I'm reminded also, again, of Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 6, where, where God says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I'm reminded of Jesus' parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 16. And, and, and in Matthew 16, Jesus says, For the Son of Man is returning, he's going to come in all the Father's glory with all the angels, and then there will be a reward that each person receives according to what they have done. Well, J.D., that doesn't sound like grace to me. That sounds like works. Well, maybe you're misunderstanding grace. Because grace does not find a man and then leave him where he is. Grace says, oh, I found you, sinner. Now come and be saved by faith, through grace, through, by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. And now be called to the purpose of God for your life. Understand that we don't do good works to earn favor from God. We do good works because we've already won favor from God through Jesus Christ. If God's grace is really in operation in your life, then it's going to have an effect on the way that you live your life. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, then it's cheap grace. And quite possibly, you haven't truly experienced it at all. If you, if you think you've had an encounter with grace and it hasn't radically changed your life, I want to suggest maybe you really truly haven't had an encounter with grace yet. Go read Bonhoeffer's Cost of Discipleship, chapter one. Let that rock your world. If you don't know who that is, he's a hero of the faith in the 1930s Germany. One of the only one of the few pastors who was willing to stand up against Hitler and the Nazi regime as they were doing wicked, terrible things. I'll say that again. This is Bonhoeffer's cost of discipleship. There will be a day where you have to answer the question, what did I do? What did you do? with what I gave you? What did you do with the grace that I gave you? What did you do with the love that I gave you? What did you do with the power that I gave you? What did you do with the time and the talents and the treasure that I gave you? What did you do with the influence that I gave you? And hopefully, the answer that you will be able 
to give is I gave my life away. Not I did it my way, but I gave my life away. Jesus, I followed your lead. Jesus, I followed your example. I lived my my life in such a way that it wasn't just about me. It wasn't about what I could get. It wasn't about what I could accumulate. It wasn't about what I could hoard. It it was making a, a difference in my life that outlived me for the glory of you, Jesus. That's what my life was about. Listen, we come to know God and we come to be reconciled to our creator by surrendering to and following Jesus. And one of the temptations that we're faced with then is to just, you know, well, I just made that decision and I'm just going to live my life my own way still. I'm just going to have my own agenda or I'm going to live spontaneously and I'm just going to live by happenstance and just whatever happens, happens and just whatever comes at me, comes at me. But following Jesus, it means that instead of living kesara sara, whatever will be will be, living and following Jesus, living for and following him means that we live our lives intentionally and on purpose for his purpose. So the question we're faced with is that what can we intentionally do to leave a legacy? What can we do to make a difference that outlives us for the glory of God? One of the ways that you can leave a legacy is by making the commitment to say, I will live to give. I will live to give. This goes right along with one of our core values here at Seeds Church. One of our core values is that we live generously. And we do that because we're reflecting the character and nature of God. You guys, you can finish this, this verse for me. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Thank God for his generosity in our lives. Where would I be without God's generosity? I would be on my way to hell. But God's so generous that he changed the trajectory of my life by sending Jesus. And God so loved that he gave And so I want to reflect the character and nature of my Savior. I'm his disciple, so that means I learn the way of the master, and I follow the way of the master. And if Jesus lived to give, then I'm going to live to give. This is where you say, I intentionally give what I have. This is a commitment that touches every part of your life. It's not something that just affects your life on one day of the week. This is... Every area of your life is touched by this commitment. You have breath in your lungs, then you speak life over people. God gave you a body with arms, then hug somebody. God gave you a a phone and some thumbs, text somebody an encouraging text. God gave you means and resources, then help somebody in need and give to the mission of the church to propel the gospel forward, amen? All around the world, and even including here in our, very, in our own backyard, in our own home. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 12. He says, to whom much is given from him, much will be required. What resources are at your disposal? What are you doing with those resources? What are you doing with your time and your talent 
and your treasure and your skill and your experience and your expertise. Because whatever you have, it comes with a responsibility. All I can think of right now is like Spider-Man. and He's with Uncle Ben right there anyway. Some of you might think, well, I don't have much to give. So much is not required of me. And that's relative. I know people who have great means, but they are just scraping by. And I know people who have little means, but they're doing pretty well. For some of us, the reason we haven't been given much is because we haven't been faithful with what we've been given. Because Jesus said in Luke 16, he says, for whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with very much. So if all you have is little, okay, then be faithful with the little that you have. It's not about how much you have. It's about what you do with what you have. That's what generosity is all about. So stop using your little as an excuse to do nothing. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Verse 10, he says this, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Your generosity is going to cause someone else to be thankful to God. How exciting is that? You know what that's called? That's called legacy. It's, a, it's called living your life and making a difference with your life that outlives you. Forget Sinatra. Forget going my way. I did it my way. I'm going to do it his way. And it's going to give glory and honor to God. You can live your life that way. I want to give you three practical ways that we can live this out and make this commitment to live to give. This is the first, I mean, we're talking practical, guys. You're like, well, I, this is all so conceptual. I don't know how to live this in my life. What do I do? I'll make it really plain for you. Number one, be a giver. Be a tither. Oh, man, he's going to slap me with that. There's the pastor up there talking about money. Do you know Jesus talked about money more than almost anything else? Why? Because it's attached to our heart. Your money represents your blood, sweat, and tears. It represents your influence. It represents your hopes and your dreams. It represents your desires. Listen, don't get on me for talking about money. I really don't talk about it probably enough. You want to live to give? Make the commitment first. We're going to tithe. What is that? Listen, we, we did like a three-part thing earlier this year on what the Bible says about money. We're not going to go into the whole thing today, but basically this. It simply means a tenth. Tithe means a tenth. This principle, it comes from the scriptures, and what, what you do is you plan your life, and you budget your life on 90% of your income, and then you take the rest of that 10%, and it's reserved for the work of the Lord, and you bring it to the house of God and give it to the ministry so that the gospel can advance. And when we do this, it enables us to do far more together collectively than any one of us can do on our own to make an impact for the kingdom of God. Did you know that the only time in Scripture that I'm aware of where God says to us, try this out, test me, it's in Malachi chapter 3. 
when he talks about the tithe. And this, the Lord says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see that there may be food in my house. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for, your, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. It's like God is saying, I dare you. We're in the season of the Christmas story, and it wasn't just I dare you. It was I double dog dare you. Remember little Ralphie? And Schwartz put his tongue on that frozen pole. Didn't work out well for him. But if you, if the Lord says, I double dog dare you and you're obedient to him, it will work out for you. There's some people I know that are percentage givers above and beyond their tithe. I know of people who instead of budgeting on their, their, their lives around 90% of their income, they've budgeted their lives on 80% of their income. And they give 20%. You know what that takes? That takes intentionality. It takes intentionality. And so I want to encourage you to plan what you give. If you never plan this in your life, there might be a lot of um, good intentions. But what do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Meaning... Good intentions doesn't get you anywhere. If you want to live to give and you want to make this commitment and say, I want to be, I want to live a legacy. I want to leave a legacy that outlives me for the glory of God, then it takes intentionality. Plan. Budget. Plan what you're going to give. There are special moments to be spontaneous in your giving. There are. And we need to be aware of those. And we need to have like our Holy Spirit antenna up and be just. All of a sudden, if we're in a moment and the Holy Spirit's like, I, need you, I want you to do this right now, then we need to have our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying and have the faith and obedience to follow through with it. But the hallmark of your giving should be planned and it should be intentional. Why? Because that's wisdom. In past years, throughout the brief history of this church, We've presented you from time to time with opportunities for special offerings. And when we do that, we don't surprise you on the day of. Today, we have this opportunity for a special offering. We're trying to raise $300,000 today. You know, we don't do that. That's not what we've done. We want you to plan and be intentional. You know, we don't show you a sappy video of like, you know, poor puppies, and it's like ASPCA, and, you know, we've got Sarah McLaughlin singing in the background, and we, we're not, we're not, we don't try to manipulate you emotionally. Instead, what we do is we tell you weeks in advance, and then here's what we tell you to do. You pray and ask God, what, Lord, what do you want me to do? You pray and ask God. That's how we handle it around here. And because of those offerings and because of your normal giving, your normal tithes and offerings, when we've been able to do some amazing things for a, a, a church the size of Seeds Church and for the church that's old as we are, 
as young as we are, I should say. You guys how remarkable it is that we're sitting on a five-acre property? We bought for a million dollars, and the third of that is already paid off? Praise God. I mean, if we were to have, have the property appraised today, it'd be well over a million, probably 1.2 if I guessed, but we only own 600. Praise God. I can't wait for the day where we owe zero. Why? Because that means more finances towards the kingdom of God and not just paying the building off. Listen, the building is important. The real estate is important. Every time somebody drives by here, it is a, it is a statue of liberty for people to say, God's doing something there. This property is important. The building is important. But what happens out of this building, that's the part that is going to make an eternal difference. And the more that we have, the more resources that we have to fund uh, kingdom initiatives, praise God, I can't wait for the day. I'm not going to buy a private island, I promise. If I do, you can throw me out of the church. Listen, as we're coming to the close of this year, we want to give you an opportunity again to give, to give big. This is the second way that you can live to give intentionally. We've done this a few times in the past. We've called uh, th this offering at the end of the year. Some of, sometimes we call it the legacy offering. We're going to do it again this year. It's going to be on the very last Sunday of the year. Do you know when that is? It's New Year's Eve. It's the last day of the year. Sunday, December 31st. Some of you are already, you, you might know, well, I'm gonna be traveling on that day. Okay, well, get, send your offering early. That's fine, that's okay. Be intentional, plan, go to the Lord, pray. Lord, what would you have me do? And then be obedient. That's all we're saying. Just ask the Holy Spirit and be obedient. This offering is about, it's going above and beyond your regular giving, okay? And all we're asking you to do, again, is pray, ask God, and whatever you give in that offering, we are going to find the best avenues that we can make an impact. Whether that be here in Middle Tennessee or wherever God gives us influence. But the bottom line is that it's about legacy. It's about making an impact that outlives us. The third way that you can make a difference. Pastor Russell, I totally forgot to do this, but I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. Can you go over there to, in Seed Central there to the welcome station and grab some of those acts of kindness cards for me and bring one up? I totally failed, guys. I wasn't intentional enough. I meant to have these in the seat back in front of you today, but we do have them out there at the welcome center in the foyer. We have these cards right here, acts of kindness cards. These are an intentional way that you can live to give. What this card says, it says, something extra to show you God loves you. And on the back, it just says, and we do too, Seeds Church. And this right here, these, these little acts of kindness cards, you can use these to just bless some people today. And just keep some of these with you. I, I've been out to dinner with some of you before, and you've, to impress me, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, not to impress me, but because you have the commitment to live to give, you've pulled these out and you left a big tip. 
Listen, leave a tip today for your server that makes them cry. I mean, in a good way. (laughs) Some people leave tips so small that they make their server cry. Leave a big tip today for somebody. Bless somebody in some way. Fill up their gas tank. Say, hey, just want to let you know that God loves you, and we do too. What is that? You're working the muscle on the inside of you to live to give. So I'd encourage you to challenge you to bless the mess out of somebody. Praise God. It's a lot of fun. We've heard a lot of fun stories over the years, people using these cards to be generous to people. I can't wait to hear some more stories just in the next few weeks throughout the rest of this year. Why don't you do this with me? Why don't you stand up with me this morning as we get ready to... Guys, let's be intentional. Let's live to give. Let's make a difference that outlives us for the glory of God. Who wants to leave a legacy? Let me see your hand. Praise God. I want us to pray. And first, I want to pray for those of us in the room that would have said yes to that first answer. What, what, what did you do with my son, Jesus? And you would say, yes, I, I knew him personally. But then that second question that we're faced with is, what did you do with what I gave you? Let's just pray to the Lord and make a commitment to the Lord this morning that we're gonna live to give, that we're gonna leave a legacy, not for our own glory, not for our own name, but for his. Heavenly Father, it's our desire to live our lives in such a way that it makes a difference for eternity. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to intentionally, on purpose, Live to give to the things that will outlive us and not just make investments and deposits in things that only have a temporal return, but Lord, we want to invest in things that will have eternal return. Help us to intentionally share your love with the world around us, God. Lord, those of us that are gonna be having Thanksgiving dinner with our families this week, Lord God, some of them are far from you. Some of them are, are, are God, they're, they're living for themselves and not for you. Lord, help us live in such a way that this week when we're spending time with these people, that God, that we're sharing the love of God with them and we're not being combative and we're not being um, belligerent with them. That God, we don't get sucked in uh, to some of the traps that get set for us, God. But Lord, I just pray that we would be carriers of your Holy Spirit and wherever we enter into a room, we carry the peace of God with us. And God, that we would show generosity. Help us to live a life that matters. So we ask you for the strength and the wisdom to do it in the name of Jesus. Now I want to rewind just for a second. I want us to pray for that first question. What did you do with my son Jesus? Because some of you here, you might not know God. You might not be following Jesus, and you might be living the Sinatra way and doing it your own way. Maybe even some of you, you might used to follow Jesus, but you're not following him right now. But whatever the story is, you might feel like you're far from God, but you want to change that. You want to come close to God today. What you're feeling is the ministry of the Holy Spirit exalting Jesus to you right now and drawing him to you. 
drawing you to, to him, I should say. And so we can all make this decision today. You can make the decision to surrender every part of your life to Jesus today. I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the front right this second, but if you are willing and wanting to give your life to the Lord right now and say, Jesus, I want to follow you, I'm just going to ask you just right now, just stretch your hand to the Lord right now. Is there anybody here? Praise God. Praise God. I see those hands. Let's all just pray this together. What we're going to do is I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to just invite you, everybody in this room, to just commit themselves to the Lord. You can say it with your own words. Or you can just repeat my words and you put the own meaning behind it. But Lord Jesus, I just come to you now and I repent of my sin. I ask you to please forgive me and receive me into your kingdom. I receive what you did for me through your life and your death and your resurrection. Lord Jesus, you gave your life for me and today I give my life to you. I surrender all. Be my Lord. Be in charge of me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me make a difference with my life. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. As we're getting ready to transition here, I'm going to ask that the prayer team go ahead and come down forward. If there's any need that you have for prayer in your life at all today, I'm going to ask you to come and pray with one of my friends on the prayer team if you prayed that prayer with me today, just now, I want to invite you also. We have a gift that we'd like to give to you. It's a book called What's Next. If you need healing in your body, if you need a miracle in your relationships, if you have questions that you need answers to, that you need spiritual wisdom for, Whatever it is, we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation today, and they are welcome here in the house of seeds. But you have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Let's come and pray with one of my friends here on the prayer team. Let me just pray this over you. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you came to this earth not to be served, but to do the serving. And Lord, we want to follow your example. We want to do our part in leaving a legacy that outlives us, that makes a difference for you and your kingdom. God, I pray that, God, when we move from this life to the next, that we will not be easily forgotten. Not because of just how awesome we were, but because we lifted you up, Jesus. Because the impact that our life made for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that over each and every single person here today. Lord, I pray that it would start within our homes as we make our homes an altar. God, a, a place to remember you, to surrender to you, to sacrifice to you. Lord, as we make this church an altar. Lord God, as people drive by here on Highway 99, they look over here and they see an altar of incense burning to heaven, Lord God. God, I pray that people would be added to this church daily in the name of Jesus. They'd be added to your kingdom daily here at Seeds Church because we're here making a difference that outlives us for the glory of you, Jesus. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Amen. Go in peace and empower to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be 
and equip them to do what he called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.